Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insights Series. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today as our guest, we have Michelle Huff, who is Chief Marketing Officer of User Testing. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You bet. So uh, today, uh, I want to talk to you about customer centricity. And I think your product and your platform is pretty much all about that, right? Totally. <laughs> it's what we're all about. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more first about user testing. And then uh, I also want to talk to you from an internal perspective as you're building your marketing team, how you're actually going about achieving that. Yeah, totally. So, you know, one of the things that user testing does, if people haven't heard of us, it, it essentially really lets you walk a mile in your customer's shoes um, because it gives you the possibility to really see here and talk to your customers as they experience your product and your messaging and your brand and your services. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, so many companies, you know, we talk about customer centricity, right? People are really focused on the customer experience. In fact, we often hear statistics that say that 80% of customers are focused on competing purely on the basis of customer experience, which is fantastic. Uh, but then other studies show that when they've interviewed people, while the majority of companies say they're focused on the customer, only 30% of their consumers believe that to be true. Right, which is which is pretty miserable, right? And and so one of the things that we're really focused on is that that gap, and we're calling it the empathy gap, because at the end of the day, if many people are saying, you know, as a company, as a culture, as a marketing organization, they're really wanting to focus on the customers, um, you really need to be able to empathize with the customer experience. And empathy really comes from seeing and hearing and talking to your customers. So user testing, right? We provide that capability. It's kind of amazing how quickly you can target and find. Right, the people you need to, to actually um, see, and, and then we allow you to really um, schedule, and within two hours, hop on a live conversation, basically what we're having right now with a customer, or really give them um, a set of tasks to do and, and how they react to things, and they can literally record, our panel will record um, that, and so you can really watch someone going through that whole experience, and you can discover insights and share it with other people. Really interesting. That's fascinating. And, and you know, it's such a good point. I, I think we all see Netflix and we see Amazon and like, well, I, I want that kind of experience. But for many companies, it's, it's actually, it's easy to say, it's really hard to do because we build so many of our products and systems around our stuff. And then we try and go deliver a good customer experience, but that's not the same thing, right? As putting your customer in the middle and then building everything around them. Totally. Well, and the funny thing is, I feel like we've, we've continued to build, right? Cause it, it's, we're building things specifically for customer experience, right? Where there's all these mobile applications and people are putting in um, different websites and, and chatbots and all these different technologies to really improve the experience, right? So that you're on the road and you can suddenly start, you know, depositing your check. And, and so all these things are great. But if you think about all the people who are building these solutions or even, you know, they're making like micro decisions on the behalf of the customer. And a lot of those people aren't exposed right like we're almost becoming disconnected because of all the technology with our customers and then yet we're wanting to actually start hard coding what these experiences should look like so it's an interesting kind of dilemma that we have and um, it's, it's amazing the first time you watch people have we call it the aha moment where you actually see and you're listening, right? It's, it's so different when you see a survey of someone that they give you a score of two and you're like, oh, a thousand people rank us two out of five. Like that sucks. Um, but it's really different, right? When you actually watch someone go through and talk about their interactions with your brand and you watch them struggle and then you see and you're like, 
oh yeah, like I'd be really annoyed with my brand too, right? And, and then you you kind of take that as feedback and the next time you're building the experience, right, you're not just thinking of the thousand people that gave you two and you don't know why. You're kind of thinking of, you know, Jeff who just told me this horrible experience and you're trying to like, you're like, oh, okay, I see that problem and now I want to change that. So I think there's maybe a second E, right? So there's empathy, but then isn't there also empowerment, right? Empowerment of your employees at wherever they're getting involved with the, the customers. I you know, often think you go to a restaurant and it's a great meal and, and it's awesome. And then you just ask for something from the, from the waiter and then they're like, well, that's not my station, you know? <laughs> and you're like, well, okay, I, uh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I sat in the wrong place. I, I, how, how I? But I mean, I think that's little things like that, right? When, um, or you go to a ball game and your beer spills and that, and the, the vendor knows enough in that moment is empowered to give you a free beer without having to charge you or go ask for permission or something along those lines. Totally. And it's funny because as consumers, sometimes we, it's hard to articulate sometimes why it's not the best experience and people aren't always able to identify their problems, but it's different when you watch, like when you watch the ball game, you're like, Oh, so a designer sees it. Right. And they look at it they're like, Oh, that chair is not built. Like I can now see why, you know, all these people keep spilling their drinks. It's kind of a horrible design, but, but maybe people are just used to it. Right. And as a consumer, you may never, you know, well, you're kind of frustrated by the moment to expect. And so they wouldn't know that there could be a better experience until they experience it. Right. Totally. Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting. You know, we have a lot of people who, um, we talk sometimes about building a shared under, uh, understanding of the customer. Cause sometimes it's different, right? Like if you watch something or talk to someone or, you, and then I watch something and we come back to the conversation, you know, what we learned, the insights can be sometimes a little different. And so it's interesting if we can actually collectively as a team sit down and watch it together and have that be a discussion. Cause I think people, kind of look at it, you know, as a marketer, I probably might be keying on problems and needs and word choices that they're using and kind of, you know, messaging type things, whereas other people might be looking, you know, at the actual design and maybe, you know, it's not very intuitive. So I think that, right, that, that shared understanding kind of gives you a common set of languages you know, and words to describe and talk about the experience. So I guess so step one then would be at least understanding what the experience is, right? Talking to your customers modeling, seeing what they're doing. And then from there, so I'm a CMO. I'm like, okay, I've talked to my customers and I understand I have these issues. I have issues on my website and my channels at my events with my product. Now what? Because cause you could probably feel a little overwhelming maybe to say, gosh, how do I operational this and get this to be more customer centric? So what would you say the steps are? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, I mean, I think if I kind of dial it back to just marketing, um, how I always kind of think of it first is just organizational design. So how I think about marketing is we're a team of scale. So how I always like design my team is, is really have one group that's really focused on aligning with the CEO and the head of people and kind of thinking about our brand and, and thought leadership. And then I have a team of people who wake up every day with the same number as they're on their head as their head of sales, right, where they're kind of thinking about how we build demand specifically to um, build pipeline and, and feed kind of the, our sales army. And then what I often like to do, and sometimes I feel like this function is really buried in marketing, um, but I really like to have, um, you know, at the equal level as everyone else, um, a head of customer marketing. And customer marketing, you know, I believe really kind of wakes up every day thinking about, especially in, in um, software, you know, as a service, we care very much not just about the first sale, but, you know, the renewal. And so my um, head of customer marketing kind of wakes up every day thinking about the same 
same numbers as our head of customer success. And so how do we leverage marketing to support that team to encourage adoption, to make sure customers realize the value of the investment they made and really help that team kind of close and repeat renewals and 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 create advocates. And so that's kind of the three functions. And then I definitely have a function that's around go to market. So how do I make sure that we're focused on the right um, markets? Um, the right, how do we build product fits and how do we bring that to market? And then a whole series of, of operations. So I kind of first think about the organizational structure. And as mentioned, I really like to have a really high level head of customer marketing that's really focused on that. And then have really ultimately a, a vision to make sure that customer success is inherently spread. You know, it's used to basically help build our brand and tell our story, have our customer success really help build demand, and then really make sure when we're building go-to-market that um, uh, we actually have functions on the team that use their own products. So we always want to make sure that we're testing messaging, that we're actually testing and continually uh, watching users and learning so we can build the right designs and actually build the right requirements for products and um, and test all of our campaigns. Like we even uh, recently just changed, re-rolled out um, a new, uh, it, it seems silly, but like a tree hierarchy on our phone, right? So people call a single number, they can get routed differently, but sometimes that can be such a confusing experience. We decided to test it to make sure people can kind of understand. Press one if you want to do this. <laughs> press two if you'd like to rehear the message. Press three. Yes. <laughs> Right. And then sometimes, have you ever been and you're like on the message, you're like, I don't think I'm any of these people or, right. or you know, or like, and where I am I now actually like, in the tree? Am I at the third level down? Like, I just, can I just, and you're like zero, zero representative, please say again, representative, stop saying it again. <laughs> I know. Right. And yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, the applications, you know, cause I think so many people think of user testing cause our roots really came from, if you hear user testing, they think of UX research and design, which is where we have a huge number of people using it. Um, but over time it's been interesting is where we've seen more and more product teams, right? Definitely product managers and even engineers really use your technology. Um, but also marketers, right? There's so much that people can do to test landing pages, test content. I mean, just even myself, even before using testing, we found interesting ways to test messaging. If we were going to completely, um, you know, think about how we're going to actually um, design a new naming convention or scheme or, you know, all those different things. It's so great to actually get real feedback from customers and audiences to make sure that what you are intending to say is how people perceive it to be. And so uh, we use that pretty often and you know, so a lot, um, lot of things beyond just like our website experience. It's interesting that some of your recommendations come around just dedicated staffing functions because I, I'd say many of the companies that I speak with, they all care about the customer and the customer experience, but yet what they're gold on and mostly what they work on is acquisition, right? Of that new customer. Yep. And, and but, but for almost every company, there's always some portion of your revenue that's coming from existing customers. And for many of us, it can be significant, you know, over 50%. So I, it's, it's fascinating and disappointing at, at the same time. Like why? <laughs> why then, if, that, if so much of your business comes from existing customers, but then you're putting all your focus on the next customer, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think more marketing executives don't redistribute their focus? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it's like a symptom of where people came from. I mean, just even for me being in tech, um, it took a while, I think, for that that whole paradigm to shift in my head. I mean, I worked actually Salesforce for a while, and and that kind of showed me a whole different business model around SaaS and how you know a company 
you know, what's really critical to make sure you have a focus on the customer. And for me, that's, that's really where that connection between, you know, if you, if you think it's important, you have to invest in it and you have to clear a path, right, for your team to be able to focus. And I've always felt, you know, what's, what's nice about having people who are dedicated to demand generation sales is it gives clear focus. It gives a clear partner for sales you know, because my head of sales, our CRO and I joke all the time that like, there's never enough leads for sales. They will never be, right? Like there should never be enough pipelines. So if you think of that as an inherent need, like there will, that, um, you know, and, and basically in, in SaaS, like you're closing every month, right? And so like that pressure, it's really hard for that team to just, to just allocate half of their time to thinking about renewals or things that have this like, one year out, longer term investment. It, it just, it, it makes the sales team feel like their partner is, is divided. And then it, it really causes a lot of strain. I think what ends up happening is, you know, the things that have more pressure and urgency end up taking preference. And then over time, like they, you just, you never get it done. And so that's, I, I think it's just important to really think about functions strategically and then how they're incented and then make sure that what you tell people to do, they're actually incented to do. It's interesting. It almost always becomes as a reaction, right? Oh, we have a churn problem. So <laughs> okay, now we all have to focus on churn, right? So almost reacting to it versus saying, well, what we really have is a lack of customer centricity problem because we're focused on we're focused on us, right? It's selling, selling, management, pipeline, but we're not really looking at the customer's experience all the way through. And if we did, then we wouldn't need a separate churn function, right? Because we'd be focused on the customer all the way through. Totally. Well, and actually what's interesting is where we also have um, a team in product management, an engineer, uh, a squad that we're um, focused on customer engagement. And so um, some of the things that we're, we're kind of even building out right now is that team and its charter, because a big part of it is, is really thinking through that whole journey and what should the pre-sales, right, for our prospects, like what should that journey and how can we do things more that interact with the product and the trials and all these things, but then also what should that first time customer experience be like, you know, because it can be overwhelming when people kind of just parachute into a product or something and then you're, you know, it, so often the people who might have purchased the product might not be the ultimate users and so there's kind of a little bit of a disconnect or, you know, it's been a, while, a long time since they've been in there and you're not quite sure how to best use it. And so you have to like leave the product and go someplace else. And so one of the things that we want to do is start thinking through like what should be that that first time user experience to just make that even easier and making sure that we actually dedicate a squad because as well, you, you also have these conflicts when people are constantly, we got to hit certain new features because our roadmap, because the new customers need it. And then you don't, you don't kind of focus on like the frustration fixers we call them for customers because you know yeah, it's like a lot little... of the features two years ago and still aren't using them and so as much as i'd love to get to the new features they still can't use the the old features so and then and it becomes more frustrating i think uh regardless if you sell a product or a service or an experience there is this inherent brand promise right so the customer yeah. makes a commitment they get over their emotional hurdle risk financial and now comes this a gap of expectations, right? So I thought the brand was going to do this and now I'm experiencing this. And so depending upon how big that gap is, it's gonna determine whether or not that customer sticks with you. And then also how well do you respond as a company to fix the gap? You know, because I think most people are reasonable 
you know, but but oh, yeah. if they feel you don't care, then it's, <laughs> they're not going to really develop an affinity or loyalty to the brand, right? Totally right. And it, actually, it's interesting. So Forrester, I think, in their customer experience index last year, um, they had some interesting quotes. I won't remember word for word, but basically, it's about. Um, brands that actually build a better connection with emotion are the ones that were actually um, really distinguish their brand because most of the consumers are actually focused on, on that emotional connection and it wins out over ease of use and effectiveness of that solution or product in every industry, which is interesting, right? And I think a part of it is you, know, you have a relationship with the brand oftentimes and there is that connection. And you know, from our perspective, it's, it's like, you know, a lot of times when people are saying that they're focused on the customer experience, you start buying all the, um, the analytic tools and data tools and BI tools because you're trying to like get surveys and feedbacks and kind of understand the experience. And I think that's so important because it tells you, it gives you so much insight, um, but yet you're still really missing, right? If you really think that brand's going to make an emotional connection, you have to actually understand the emotions of your customers. And there's no better way to do it than actually watching or seeing or hearing uh, and talking to someone. Very well said. So wow, this time flew by today. Yes, <laughs> We're going to have to do a part two. Uh, but thank you, Michelle. This is great. Uh, love your viewpoints on, on customer centricity and continued success for you at user thank testing. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it and, and loved having the conversation. So thank you. You bet.